Welcome to the Watch OK Please podcast, a podcast where three friends try to convince each other to devote what little time they have left to watch more TV and or movies than they've ever wanted to watch. Please join us while we argue about our media cues and waste everyone's valuable time on things that just don't matter. Hey folks, it's Nyan, and thank you for listening to another episode of the Watch OK Please podcast. Not that you had a choice, since this is this podcast is almost definitely the only podcast available for download where anyone talks about t- television, maybe a movie someday, and there definitely aren't many, many other choices um, of podcasts from people who actually know what they're talking about when it comes to TV and movies. So we understand your cho- your choices are limited and you're stuck with us. So we we still appreciate you. This week, uh, we get Dan and Scott's feedback on the UK jazz slash time travel show, Time Wasters, which is available on IMDb TV and Amazon Prime. And then, because I haven't left the house in forever, I pitched the travel show aptly named Travel Man, which is available on Amazon Prime, BET Plus, and Plex. So pretend to fasten your seatbelts, put away your tray tables, and hang on tight for what will be a relatively pleasant audio journey with little to no turbulence. Hey, folks, welcome back. Uh, we are going to get uh, Dan Scott's feedback on Time Wasters, which is currently available on IMDb TV uh, or via Amazon Prime or a standalone uh, for free. Uh, everyone's favorite amount of money. So, guys, what did you think about the show Time Wasters? I'm just going to say it, it's not a waste of time, for starters. <laughs> Glad to hear it. I would agree with that. So um, what do you think? What do you think, Scott? Yeah, I mean, I did. I was getting a little bit of like office vibes, like the, the show, the British version of The Office. Gareth Keaton, um, cook. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Amongst like that group of people, which is cool, you know. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, of course, I'll watch almost anything that's related to time travel, but I liked how they uh, <laughs> kind of very much were trying to make this into a comedy and not really focus too much on the. Um, getting more involved in the mythology of the time travel. We're just like, wow, we're in the twenties now. Let's, let's just roll with it. Um, so yeah, I really enjoyed the episodes that I watched. Dan, how about you? Yeah. Um, I have to say uh, that, you know, you know, I was, you know, we had a lot of questions moving into this. You know, what, you know, what rules does, does of time travel does this follow? And it, it just dawned on me before we, we started here that this more accurately, I would say it follows the will 2 K version of time travel uh for those of you who know the uh um the, that 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 music video uh featuring uh, that was featured on his album millennium uh at the turn of the cent- at the turn of the t- uh, 21st century there so that's why i feel like it follows if all it follows the uh will 2k version of time travel just for the record will 2k yes i can't i i I should know who that is, but I don't feel like I know who Will 2K what, what, is. What, what, yeah, that, that Will Smith. Album. Oh, the Willennium. Got it. Willennium, okay. yeah. So that, that was his that was a shtick. So he in, in the video, Will 2K, he basically travels through time and he's in all these different outfits and stuff like that. And I think it kind of follows a little bit of that kind of thing. And it, it, it's a little more whimsical, a little bit more, um, you know, um, kind of like, you know, tongue-in-cheek kind of thing so i think that that's where that's where my mind went for some reason i don't know why it's <laughs> funny because one of the executive producers was ll cool j so i wonder if that's just a slap in the face to will smith like i think be, I, that, that that would be brilliant and 
Don't worry, Nyan. I thought he was talking about a person also. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, it, it was around the way to get there to do it, but I think it's pretty funny. In that, in that mind. <laughs> Will Smith is a person. Um, <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> as is well, Will I am. Oh, yes, I, I thought of Will I am too. But wait, so was Will Two K like one of his personas or something? No, it was like it was a whole. It was basically him, like you know, just trying to you know, kind of take advantage of all the hype about why of the of the switch to the millennium in two thousand. And so he basically just made a whole shake about oh let's let's do a retrospect a video retrospective through time and we'll make it kind of funny and engaging and, and you know Will Smith style you know kind of thing. And it was. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it, I feel like we we watched the video like once or twice ever, and then we just never talked about it again. Pretty much. <laughs> I can I can see why based on your description. Yeah. Yeah. Now, but now now I want to see it again or to uh, remind myself. <laughs> there, there, there's there's your homework, Jens. <laughs> there you go. It's but that anyway. easy to convince you to watch things. <laughs> yeah. like, if, if it's Will Two K, then it is. <laughs> you just found out he was a person. <laughs> yeah, that is true. It's like your homework is to watch Cisco's The Thong Song backwards. <laughs> it's although it seems like it's more of a movement than a person, but whatever. I'm 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 down for it. <laughs> yeah. No, but but yeah, I mean but but in all, in all seriousness, I think that you know that um you know there there was a, a great bond and a great chemistry between the characters that Scott was talking about for real. Um, and you know, I think that it's, they are like so comfortable with each other and, and their mannerisms and, you know, it's like, even when certain things escalate later in the season in various different ways, basically, you know, I, th I still think that there is, you know, a realness to all of them too, you know, um, like this could be, again, I, none of us here are jazz players, though we know, we, although we know, uh, players, who, players out there, so to speak, and, uh, in, in more ways than one, um, so yeah, I think there's a lot that we can, you know, people can just gravitate from the series. And, you do, and the great thing about this series specifically is that, you know, while there are some more British references that kind of get dropped in there or kind of language traits, there are a lot of very much pop culture music kind of things that they're thrown out there, um, you know, that are, I think that are could be universally appreciated by even just the average listener or watcher, rather, I should say. Yeah, I uh, I like how they worked Hey Ya in there in the end of the first episode. That was awesome. Yeah. Um, and the, the the people from the 1920s just seemed really uh, puzzled by uh, by what they were hearing, but I think they got into it eventually. Yeah, and, yeah. and Dan, how did you feel about their version of Return of the Mac? Oh, I I I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I mean, I thoroughly enjoyed pretty much every cover, every cover that they did. Um, and, and again, this we talked about the um, uh, the what's it called the uh, jukebox. What, what, what was the name? What's the name of the uh, postmodern jukebox? Po yeah, thank you, postmodern jukebox. Yeah, I couldn't remember the name of it. Yeah, and, and like it, it definitely was channeling a bit of that. Um, but it kind of it kind of, for me it kind of you know with uh, there's kind of more of a um, um, I don't know a kind of a, a hook. They, that is with postmodern jukebox, whereas these, I think, these were more kind of genuine interpretations into the 1920s level jazz style, um, which I thought was really neat. So, I mean, I mean, I mean, again, I'm not sure who did. I didn't look up the who did like you know the arrangements or orchestrations or whatnot, but you know the fact that they made it for four person group, so to speak, and then eventually maybe a little bit larger later in the series. Um, you know, I thought that was 
incredibly well done. I mean, and the way that they layer the songs into the episodes too, I thought was also pretty well done. It, it, it didn't, it wasn't like front and center, like the most important part of the episode. Um, but at the same, but at the same time, basically, you know, the, you know, there's, it brought kind of a, a level to the, a culture to the episode that, you know, that wouldn't normally be there if it was just them just talking the entire episode. Oh yeah. Agreed. Um, I, I think they did a really good job with that stuff. I'm glad you guys liked it. Uh, and I, Dan, I think you said you got through all of the first season. Is That's that correct? correct. Yeah. I, 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 I got, so, so we, before we went first, we were going to record originally earlier and I always only get, get the first two episodes. And then the next day I did the next, the next three, so I got through episode five at that point. Um, and then, uh, I think later on that week, I basically, uh, was up for whatever reason. I just kept, I just kept watching. I just finished off the rest of the season. <laughs> How far did you get Scott? Uh, I watched the first three episodes and uh, I, yeah, I, it was a very enjoyable show. And uh, some of the other kind of non singing plots were also, uh, were also pretty either funny, you know, or, or tried to um, kind of make an observation about the time or the differences between that decade and the present day. Uh, which was cool. I liked when Lauren was always like making fun of all the rich uh, women on the show and like saying how snobby they were and just like vapid and, and ridiculous. And then she like inherited this money and then became one of them. That was pretty great. That was so amazing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and then, you know, once once she was invited into the club, so to speak, she was all about it. So, and then of course, when she lost the money, they kind of left her there. So that was, I, I like how they, how they, uh, what about that? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Again, again, they they definitely you know played into, again, they they kind of began to set up certain insecurities even in episode one of, of of the different you know travelers, if you will, and it was great how they extrapolated from that. In my opinion, not just through the first couple episodes, but even in, later into the season as well. And I think that stuff. If you guys do have the time and, and do have the inclination to keep going into season two, um, it I think that does carry over. Um, and I no spoilers to anyone, but it, it season two is is quite a bit different. But a lot of that stuff does carry over in terms of the the characters, their um, their their insecurities, their foibles, all that stuff. It it does carry over, and it's it's a another real good time. Unfortunately, I don't know what the story story is with season three. But I have heard there might be a U.S. version coming out um, in the near future. Interesting. So yeah, we'll have to see if they can bridge. Because I feel like you know, out of all the British series that have attempted to come stateside, I feel like only The Office has really kind of swung it out of the park. Because uh, Coupling was a hot mess or a fail Ooh, um, yeah. when they tried to bring that over. Um, I know, and there's been a couple other ones that have tried to bridge the gap as well, and they have not been as successful. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, I. I, I would be interested to see who they would cast for that on the, on, our, on this side of the pond, if you will. Um, and obviously, they'd be traveling to different, you know, hot spots in the country. So I'm assuming they'd go back. You know, again, you know, they're 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 in London over there, but I'm assuming they would probably be set in one of the major metros uh, in the 1920s in the U.S., which would also be a very interesting within its, within itself as well. So, oh, definitely, I, I could see Quinta Brunson from a Black Lady sketch show as yes. Lauren. Um, yeah, if she could yeah. kill that. She would um, definitely kill that. I, I, I definitely. Do, I wonder if um, I, I think there's there's probably some interesting ways they can go with it in terms of the racism, uh, because 
the the way they you know, dealt with the the fact that everyone was incredibly overtly racist in the twenties. Oh um, yeah, what, they dealt with it very well. Um, and there's certainly uh, plenty of ways they could deal with that stateside because uh, I'm not sure people are aware, but um, the country was pretty racist back then as well. Um, yep. it, racism isn't just the UK thing; it's also in the US, um, which is uh-huh. really. It's, it's it's wonderfully universal. Um, yeah, universality. Racism knows no borders. Yeah, yes. it's real great. Uh, it's killing me inside. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I think there's some uh, some real good potential there. Though, I, I, to the extent, if there ever was a season three, and I think there is uh, potential for one based on the way season two ended, um, I'd love to see that as well. Because I think all the actors in in the UK version were really, really quite talented. I thought that they, they just did such an excellent job in the, in the main quartet. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I, and honestly, you know, I, I'm not into season two yet, but you know, I've, to me, there's still a lot of questions that are out there basically, because, you know, there, there, there are some things that transpire in season one that are, you know, um, a little bit, you know, uh, Ashton Kutcher butterfly effect level um, that I, I have to I start asking questions about. So, <laughs> Oh yeah, you, you uh, uh, some of those are answered in season two, so nice. it's I think it's definitely worth your while. But, and uh, Nyan, after watching the a uh, couple episodes of the show now, I think that at least you know, in my opinion, I can safely say Donald P. Belisario would approve of this show. I yes, agree. I agree. Yes. <laughs> I guess we have to have him on eventually, or we just basically become a podcast that talks about TV shows about time travel. Um, <laughs> I don't think I think those are the only options. I'm okay sure. with either one, actually. Yeah, no, I mean, I, 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 I yeah, I, I think, I think you know, there's again, but there's something you know, kind of mystical about time travel in general. So I think there's a reason why people are kind of drawn to that. And uh, no matter, no matter if you subscribe to Will 2K, Quantum Leap, or Dark Levels of Time Travel. So yeah, <laughs> as as a narrative device, I mean, it gives you the chance to really explore quite a bit, especially if you're jumping around a bunch, right? You can take a, a set a set of characters and really put them into some a, 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 numer, a numerous a, a large number <laughs> numerous a large number of situations. Um, I guess the only tricky part is um, production costs, right? I'd imagine sure. if you've got to pay for a twenty set one week and then you've got to pay for like a sixty set the next week, or and then the week after that you're in the civil war. Like it it gets it gets expensive, but maybe I don't know. I don't never produce uh, TV show. Maybe yeah, it's easy. Well, or if you're Disney, you just you, you you just have you know you just have one division and you're and you kind of spend your budget going through all the de- decades. Oh, there you go. Yeah, if if you have the budget of one division, then uh, that's a pretty good way to go about. Yeah, it. I think they would think their budget was like 140 million or something like that. Oh my god. And, and again, a, a lot of it was you know just you know something. They did a lot of practical effects in some areas, but um, they did a lot of a like, layover with a lot of the different effects across the board on that perspective so yeah but any case about time wasters though if it, if it wasn't abundantly obvious from the way that i was talking about it i am definitely going to be continuing to season two so what about you scott yes i would definitely like to at least finish the first season for sure excellent and uh how'd you get in terms of the the actual like length of the episodes you feel like it was pretty easy and digest to digest right like not particularly burdensome uh, yeah, I would say so if I remember uh, correctly from watching it. Was it, were they full hour long episodes, or was it a little bit less than that? I think they were thirty minute episodes. They were thirty minutes, like they're oh. cl- very close to thirty minutes. So they weren't like the traditional twenty one minute episodes that they are in the U.S., but they're a little bit right, longer, right. a little bit longer than that. 
Yeah, I mean, it it um, like I enjoyed watching all all three episodes that I saw, so I didn't seem or I don't remember feeling like, man, this is just you know dragging on uh, too long. So yeah, that's yeah. Uh, it was uh, it was fun. It was like a fun you know kind of different take on the time travel genre. Um, so that was cool to see, kind of just a something that's not kind of been something that may, I don't think really has been done before, at least that I've seen. Yeah, I, I totally, I totally agree. There's, there, it's a different approach. It's a different kind of concept, and you're taking people, you're taking characters that are very real, and you're putting them in kind of an, in a crazy, ridiculous scenario. So, like I said, it's, it's an amalgamation of all these different things. Uh, again, once again, using the Will Two K theory of time travel. So, shout out Will Two K. Sounds like that's what you thought. Yep. All right, guys. I'm here to talk to you about travel. Do you guys miss travel? Definitely. How much? What do you miss about travel? Um, I guess just going to interesting places and experiencing different things. New places to drink. (laughs) Fair enough. Okay. So, I I, since we can't really travel freely right now without um being an idiot um and risking uh, unnecessarily risking your your health why not watch someone else travel um at a different point in time where they didn't have to do that but you also get to learn about interesting things you get to see people drink interesting things and um and it's all only 30 minutes at a clip wouldn't that be great tell me more sheets? this is not three sheets but it's <laughs> it's <laughs> sorry it's, it's not close. It, I mean, it, I, I totally get the impulse. But I, the show that I am talking to you guys about this week is Travel Man. It is uh, a 30 minute show starring uh, Richard Iowati and a guest of his choice. Uh, there are seven seasons available on Amazon Prime. Uh, there are also select seasons available on Pluto TV, Plex, and BET Plus, which I just found out today was a thing from Nicole Byer. It's a Shears Zamata's podcast uh, on the Earwolf called Best Friends. I did not know it was a thing, but it has, I think, wait, season six. Is that a Jay Z reference you just threw in there? Wait, which thing did you think was a Jay-Z reference? Of uh, the name of the podcast. Oh, Best Friends? No. Oh, I thought you said Best Friends. I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> no. No, this is a real podcast with real people. Um, yeah. They definitely exist. Because no, um, well, I was recalling that, that, Jay, that Jay-Z track where like, we'd be, we can be best buddies. No, we'd be best friends. Yeah. Ah, fair enough. No, this, this um, Nicole Byron says Shears and Maida have a podcast called Best Friends because they were best friends and they, they hang out and they talk. And it's actually pretty fun. I would recommend it. If you're tired of listening to this podcast, go check out that podcast. It's very good. Um, cool. But so Travel Man is uh, it stars Richard Iowati. Um, and I realized, um, well, even before we get into Richard, who was amazing, um, I know we've covered a lot of uh, fictional, you know, sort of straight up narrative fiction um, uh, shows on this podcast, but we wanted to change it up a little bit, try something a little different. Um, and we're going with uh, a documentary type style show, a travel show, um, which stars Richard Iowati, who I don't, do you guys know Richard Iowati? No, I don't. No, nothing of. So Richard Iowati actually went to, um, well, I'll start from the very beginning for no good reason. Um, but 
if Richard, he went to college with John Oliver. Uh, they were in a sketch comedy troupe together, I, I believe. And he's gone on to just um, do a lot of random um, random movies and, and shows. The, the one that's probably the most notable uh, for, for Richard is The IT Crowd. Um, it was a show that he did with Chris O'Dowd, um, where he played an IT professional, and it was it was a a, a, a show that uh, it started off in the UK, but it kind of got a following elsewhere. He was also in a movie called The Watch with Ben Stiller. Um, I don't know if, it, and that seems to be uh, he's he's done stuff randomly in the US, but I don't think it's gotten as much of a um, a following. But do, do, do any of those things sound familiar? Yeah, I've heard of the IT crowd, but I don't know if I've ever seen it. Yeah, I'm, I'm behind. I'm very behind on that. Oh, so he's the he's the guy with the weird hair um, on the oh, IT crowd. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Now, 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 I see it now. Yeah, yeah. One of the main characters, a very funny actor, and um, the IT crowd is available on Netflix if you'd like to watch it. Uh, Richard has a very interesting, quirky sense of humor. Um, he's kind of a bit of a misanthrope to an extent. Um, doesn't like getting going out and um, being exposed to odd, random things. And this whole show is about him going on weekend trips and telling people why, um, you know, what the, what the whether it was actually uh, whether it's worth it, how much it costs. And, and the tagline is usually, um, "So we traveled to X place, but should we have come?" <laughs> and so it's exploration of him having these random weekend trips, you know, kind of the UK places that are um, available, like, that are easily accessible from the UK for a weekend trip uh, because people have got so much going on. He wants to help people figure out whether it's worth the money, whether it's worth the time, because you've got such a small amount of time to do a bunch of things on a weekend trip. It's actually incredibly uh, efficient. Um, I would say, I would dare say it's, um, it's got a, a sort of, a, a very tight sense of efficiency and uh, sense of purpose around every single episode, because every episode is about um, going to a new place that's a reasonable distance from the UK uh, with a friend of his, usually uh, a random comedian uh, or actor, and just wandering around and finding finding new pla uh, new places to check out. So hmm. you get so to are you places uh, of suggestive names? I'm just kind of curious. No, uh, how you know, like Intercourse, Pennsylvania? Is that what you're exactly. thinking? Exactly, that's, that's what I was getting at. Yeah. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, Intercourse, Pennsylvania is not on the list. Uh, it it maybe should be, or maybe shouldn't be, because uh, you can get through Intercourse, Pennsylvania in an hour. Um, really, I, I, I'm usually like, what's well, like 10, 10 minutes, ten minutes of Intercourse at the most. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, that's, I think that's, that's all quick, anyone needs. You can only stand ten minutes at one at a time. Yeah, I don't think you need any more than that. I don't. I think it's it's honestly it, it, honestly it's a quick in and out. I'm just that's what it is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so, no real suggested names. They're actual places. Cool. Are are they no Boner Ranch or are they all in the UK? Oh no, it, it, it's all over Europe um, and also outside of Europe. Uh, occasionally, um, in certain in other seasons, uh, as, as it gets later and later, like he ends up, they end up in New York and they end up in Miami. Wow. Um, so they, they do get around quite a bit. Nice. But I was thinking about, I was watching the show. It's hilarious. And I thought, Hey, Dan would like this because it would remind you of what it was like to travel when you weren't a dad and you could randomly go on weekend trips <laughs> with people whenever you wanted, whenever you wanted. I remember that. With, do, you, do you remember what that was like? Do you, Distantly. 
Do you want to remember what that was like again? Because now you can just watch some some guy do it and complain the whole time. That's that again. It, it say it saves me the complaining. If you think exactly. about it that way. And Scott, I, I thought you would like this because one, it covers a place that you have lived before. Um, there's a, they actually go to a bunch of places in Europe. Uh, two, it breaks down the cost of all the trips, so you know how much you're spending. And three, it gets into random historical details uh, about each each random place. I can actually prov- uh, uh, in terms the the I think the main issue in terms of the cost breakdowns on trips is that it uh, breaks everything down in um, pounds. But if you go to uh, onda.com, oanda.com, uh, they have a good cons- currency conversion uh, tool that is been recommended by the CFOs of various software companies to me. And you can use that to convert the the currencies that where he even breaks down how much it costs over the course of a weekend to actually uh, to go on the trip. But if you think of it this way, you're actually getting the amount that you're saving by not trying to go. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. That sounds very cool. But I think what Dan and I really are wondering is, does he go to Bratislava? Yes. Oh, because you want to make a Eurotrip reference? Yes, uh, yes, I do. He, uh, he did. Okay, I don't think he goes to Bratislava. Um, I could be wrong. There are seven seasons of this, so I might be missing one. Um, but none of the episodes I saw included Bratislava, and oh. for that, I apologize on behalf of no one. So, <laughs> Well, I think Dan and I are the only two people uh, in the universe who actually can uh, quote lines from Eurotrip. So it's a good thing. Eurotrip was widely distributed. Why do you think you and Dan are the only people? I need I need more information as to why no, you I, think, I, you, I think you're the only no, people that would that, reference that. No, I think that we're the only people who will reference in this current day and age just because it is, quote unquote, such a dated reference. Because it wasn't, you know, it's, it's kind of like, you know, like, like I feel like a reference to hot fuzz, I think, is a way more prevalent, you know, reference at this point than than I think your trip might be. Guys, there are old people everywhere. I was just, <laughs> old I was people just going to everywhere. Your trip came out quite some time ago. Yes, that is true. There are old people, and in other words, people our age everywhere. I, I somewhere it, the beauty of having this many people on the planet is that someone somewhere has their favorite movie as Euro Trip and brings it up all the time. Wow. And to the annoyance of their friends. I mean, that has to happen, right? Like there are enough people versus the amount of, of movies that someone has Eurotrip as their favorite movie and they, they talk about it constantly. I would like to meet that person. Let's just say that. Yeah. I'll do what I can. Guys, if you are listening to the podcast and your Eurotrip is your favorite movie, please, please contact us and talk to Scott for like an hour. Yeah. <laughs> and just, just, just make sure you're, you're, you know, too much, too much, not about too much brains and not enough cock and balls. <laughs> More Euro trip. Yes, this is what Euro trips around Europe are. That was all actually about. that was actually road trip. Oh, was that... <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, I thought it was. I thought I was, it was sex I was, drive. I was, I was branching off. I was going back to the U.S. here for a second. Yeah. <laughs> well, and now and I have another important question. So, the word travel is in the title of this show, but is there anything regarding time travel in this show? No, we, I, you know what? We, I actually got a cease and desist letter from Donald P. Belisario and he said we couldn't talk about time travel anymore. So I was like, no. all right, how about just regular travel, travel man, travel without mercy? And uh, he, he, his, his counsel okayed that. Oh, so, okay. Because we're, we're, uh, we're back to regular travel. Oh, or, um, or we can just talk about time. Um, 
but we can't do both. Like it, they can't really overlap too much. I, I say we give it like a, a like a couple like a couple months and let it cool down. He'll go back to whatever the fuck he was doing before, and he will ultimately like get over all the time travel stuff we were bringing up. I think we could do travel time travel stuff again. Just let it give him a bit of a cooling off period, and I think we'll be good. Okay. Yeah. All right. I guess I guess that's fair. You know, we yeah. we we just have to like a um, was like a. a a hiatus from time travel for the time. Yeah. I, we just have to collectively say that we're uh, Donald P. Belisari. <laughs> we, he made me write that. Yeah, we, we had to write. <laughs> I had to write an apology on behalf of the podcast, and I had to write that I was Donald P. Belisari. So, yeah, we, we all are. Yes. We all I are. signed all of your names to it. <laughs> uh, I yeah, heart forger. I'm, I'm sure he appreciated that. Yeah, he must have, yeah. Weirdly, he did. <laughs> He's real into it. Um, he even, he even um, what we zoom, we we were on a video call, and Mark Harmon showed up, and he enjoyed it as well because that, that, NCIS. Yes. Um, <laughs> does Do- Donald Belisario does NCIS? Yep. I thought he did. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's an EP. Wow. I don't know if he did NCIS New Orleans though. Yeah, I don't, remember if, I don't remember if he did or not. I knew um, the original. So, well, so now I'm curious as to which episodes you're going to recommend for us to watch. You read oh, my yeah, mind. No, I, I will. I will definitely get into that. I just I want to um, because the guests are each ep- each episode is a different guest, and um, I I think that the guests are randomly the best part. Um, but uh, before I get to that, I also want to note that um, it, it's a lot of this show is watching Richard Iowati be uncomfortable about trying new things, which is kind of amazing. And I think it, it's an experience we could all kind of understand to an extent because there are just so many things where he's like, I would never want to do this. And he often hates what he's doing um, and regrets it immediately, which is delightful to watch. Um, there's just a lot of really, a lot of witty bender back and forth between uh, him and the guest, which is amazing. And um, before we get into that guest list and the episode list, uh, our Lord and Savior, Margaret Lyons of the New York Times, also notes, and I quote, Iowati's squareness gives the show the, its fish-out-of-water charms, and the best episodes pair his dryness with the guest's enthusiasm. That said, let's get to the guests and their corresponding accents. Let's uh, go to the videotape. I'm going to push the limits a little bit here, guys, because these are 30-minute episodes, and we technically cap out on two hours' worth of material. I'm going to ask you to do four. Um, they go really quick. I don't think it actually will take the entire amount of time, but I think these episodes give you the entire breadth of the show. The first episode I'd ask you to watch is season two, episode one. Um, Richard goes to Vienna with his uh, co-star from the IT crowd, Chris O'Dowd, who, if you didn't remember from the IT crowd, I should have mentioned before, he was also in Bridesmaids and the show Moon Boy, which was on Hulu, um, which is all amazing. Chris O'Dowd is brilliant. Uh, he was also in the the show on HBO Family Tree, which is um, and he's an amazing Irish comedian. Um, to, and he that was probably the one that that I actually just bopped around with this a little bit on Amazon Prime, and I stopped on that one first because it was like I love Chris O'Dowd. Let me check this out. It was such a good episode because it's just them riding around Vienna, and he keeps making fun of Richard the entire time. Um, <laughs> amazing. <laughs> It's kind of funny because a lot of the chemistry of the IT crowd definitely like carried over into that episode. It was real great, the two of them together. Because he spends most of his time, Richard spends most of his time criticizing his his um, his guest. 
and um, they usually give it back to them pretty well. It's it's fun because they literally just happen hop over to random bars, random experiences, um, just and random things you would do in in the city. Uh, very touristy, but also a very good time. But um, do they go visit Freud? Uh, actually, uh, kind of, yeah. So nice. I think it's actually worth watching that episode. Um, because often, so they, they start off the episodes with the swinging by the hotel. Richard almost always gets a better room than the guest. And <laughs> then they immediately go out and start doing stuff because it's only a weekend. So in season four, episode four, when he goes to Budapest with uh, Ashlyn B., um, an Irish comedian who um, is actually has been in shows with um, Paul Rudd uh, on Netflix. It was um, I think it was uh, Living with Yourself, and it's also currently on a show called This Way Is Up on uh, that's uh, you can catch on Hulu with Sharon Oregon, which is amazing. Started watching that, and they just randomly, you know, they they fly they fly into Budapest together. Um, they check out the hotel and then they go right to, right to work, like randomly wandering around the city to the random baths. Um, because I guess I didn't know there were random hot springs that are public baths in Budapest in, and play chess. It's very random. Um, but once you get out of Budapest, the next place I think you should go is to season four, episode one. Uh, for for a reason that only, probably it's mostly Scott and Dan oriented and not necessarily the entire audience. But in ep, ep, season four, episode one, uh, they go to St. Petersburg. Uh, and he Aww. goes with a... Um, a, uh, a UK comedian named Rob Beckett, who I was not familiar with. Um, but as we uh, we bo- both know someone named Lev who grew up in St. Petersburg, it gives you a better understanding or maybe some understanding of why Lev is, um, is both terrible and uh, amazing at the same time. Uh, because St. Petersburg, I, I, I literally knew very little about the place, but, but the in the half hour that they covered, I feel like I learned a lot and it was actually pretty interesting. Um, I don't know if I understand any more about Lev, but um, I do understand a little bit more about St. Petersburg, and that was the point. Uh, so you're telling me to quit Stalingrad and start watching this? Thank you. Yes. That's all I wanted. <laughs> and the final episode is uh, going back to season three, episode two. And I think it's worth checking out, um, Richard, go to Helsinki with Paul Rudd. Oh, my goodness. Which I, I could have should have started this whole thing with just saying Paul Rudd and you guys would have been hooked anyway. Um, but it's it's funny because he randomly it's he's already done two seasons of the show. He loops Paul Rudd in to um, to go with him to Helsinki. But uh, the funny part is that a number of these people who travel with um, with with Richard on the show have never met him before. Uh, and Paul Rudd being one of them. Um, and so it's it's amazing to just watch Paul Rudd just kind of be confused by Finland generally and Richard Iwadi at the same time. Um, it's it's not quite you, what you anticipate, but I think that makes it even better because I kind of expected Paul Rudd to be Paul Rudd. And then I was like, no, he's just really as confused as the rest of us are. And it was like, <laughs> finally, we're all Paul Rudd in this situation. And it's great. Because, guys, I don't know about you, but I've always wanted to be Paul Rudd. Yeah, I, I I can't disagree. Wow. Okay. Wait, Scott, um, have you wanted to be Paul Rudd? Say again. Have you wanted to be Paul Rudd? I don't know if I've wanted to be Paul Rudd, but I would have loved to have been in some of the movies he's been in. Okay, so I'll take that as a no. <laughs> so Paul Rudd, if you're out there, Scott doesn't want to be you, and I don't know how you want to feel about that. Um, <laughs> but you're not going to add him to your Costco membership, so whatevs. Um, so that's that. Ultimately 
is what I think you guys should watch. I think you'll enjoy it. Um, I think you should do it efficiently, do it over a weekend, uh, just like the show. The, the fun part about the show is you can knock these things out real quick. Like it's, it, I, I feel like I've got, I, I end up going through these very quickly. They're probably less than 30 minutes, but I give a 30 minute block per episode. Um, and it, it's just a good time. You get to learn about places and um, watch someone be uncomfortable and say very funny things. Well, I'm very intrigued and uh, looking forward to the Vienna episode in particular to see if he goes to the same restaurant that I did in Vienna, where in the men's room, there's a video game above the urinal and you play the game by using the urinal. Oh, that sounds amazing. Yeah, I'm curious to see if that's in there, too. I know I've seen the episode. I just that was one of the highlights of my visit to Vienna. So that that's that's. That was your highlight in Vienna? That one of them, one of them. Okay. Wait, what were the others? <laughs> um, Vienna is an incredible city in general, but I, I can honestly say that is the only place I've ever been where you can play a video game by using a urinal. Okay. So video game urinals. Yeah. Okay, yeah, you definitely and, need to watch this show. If, if, an, an interesting fact that uh, Vienna Lager over there is actually has not been the number one selling uh, uh, type of beer in quite a long time. Oh, is it just lager? It's regular pale lager, believe it or not, is actually the, the, the hottest selling commodity over there, apparently, from my understanding. Interesting. All right, guys. Check cool. it out. Nice. Nice. Well, we tried. That brings us to the end of another episode of the Watch OK Please podcast. Please join us next week for another exercise in futility. In the meantime, please rate and review us on iTunes. Or if you didn't listen to, a, to this on iTunes, please complain about us on your social media platform of choice. Good night, everybody.